Hello. How are you? Did you miss me? Oh, thanks. I missed you too. I am happy to report that season five is well on its way to you. And I wanted to do a little teaser with a preview episode. This is not the official, official, official start to the season. As per moonbeaming tradition, I will usually start seasons off with a deep dive of a tarot card that is applicable to the season or the year that we are in currently. So don't worry, I am still going to do that. But first, I wanted to give y'all this episode somewhat embarrassing confession. I am a real planner. Shocking, I know. And I have like the whole season, season five sketched out, scheduled, so on and so forth. So I didn't necessarily have space for this episode until 2023. But I really wanted to present it now because I've been thinking so much about how we interpret, how we see on all the levels, energetically, emotionally, our perspectives, because this is a very lover's year theme to consider because we know by now the lovers is about consciousness and about positioning consciousness and about who or what is behind our sight, right? We could be in a situation and really in it and feeling it. And then we have the observer, the observer who is addressing or reacting or witnessing, right? The witnesser. But who's behind the witness, right? Like who's the one who's helping out the witness? This is a very lover's meditation to think about. And if I haven't been clear enough, I'm not just talking about seeing with our eyes because there are so many ways to see, see with your mind, not with your eyes. I feel like that's like a Del the Homo Sapien lyric that has been like buried in my brain since the 90s. Anyway, cracking myself up again, something like 80% or something, a, a large amount of communication is actually nonverbal. You know, it's being communicated beyond language, being communicated with energy, with gesture, with visuals. So I'm also thinking about how we interpret, how we interpret the world, how we interpret our lives, because in the last couple of gatherings from Resourcing the Creative Self, the workshop series I presented that ended in September, I presented the idea of really consciously choosing where our interpretations are coming from really choosing our interpretations with care, whatever it may be. Our interpretations of ourselves, of the art we make, of how we divine things, how we interpret other people. 
I suggested being a little bit kinder to ourselves in our interpretations of self. What if we practiced interpreting from the heart or from the spirit or from the eyes of our dogs? You know, at first I was going to say cats, but honestly, I feel like most cats can be a little bit judgy. So if we're working on healing, let's stick with a dog. You know what I'm saying? Like a a nice little puppy or a cloud or a flower, right? And I'm thinking about interpretation and ways of seeing so much because I'm prepping for my upcoming tarot course, Elemental Intuition. Side note also, I remembered as I was like thinking about this episode, one of the names that I wanted to title this podcast was going to be Ways of Seeing or Ways of Being, but it got vetoed down by one of my friends who thought it was corny or not right. And I'm not great at naming things, so I didn't name it that. I kept this here pod title simple instead. Anyway, Elemental Intuition is an incredible class that fuses together a deep dive into the minor arcana of the tarot with the development of our intuition from various standpoints, using the elements as the foundation of this as the basis of this. We're all multidimensional. All of us are deeply intuitive. And I found that connecting to the various ways that our intuition wishes to express itself, communicate itself to us, be with us through earth, the body and nature, for example, it's one of the elements. It's a way to feel much more connected to ourselves. And when we are connected to our true self, then it's easier to interpret. It's easier to interpret tarot cards. It's easier to interpret what's going on in certain relationships and just life in general, right? It's easier to interpret accurately in ways that support us and open us up. So that class is officially open for enrollment. It starts on October 26th. That is in 20 days, I believe. And it runs for four weeks. It's a very packed four weeks. So if you know you're ready to take your tarot practice to another level, if you know you want to learn tarot with me in real time. And if you want to learn how to connect with all of the ways that you know, sign up. It's super fun. It pairs perfectly with this time of year when the veil is thinner. Every single person who signs up gets the replays, gets worksheets, and gets to be in an online community where you can connect with other awesome witches, mystics, practitioners, tarot readers, artists, the community portion of these live classes are just chef's kiss. Love it so much. So 
It's a very welcoming place. We are made up of compassionate folks, a lot of whom are highly sensitives, a lot of whom are introverts. And that means that it's okay if you want to show up exactly how you are. Like, it's totally fine. I love it. I also was thinking about, or I guess shall I say, I'm always thinking about the many uses of tarot, of a tarot practice. And one of those is a self-meaning-making system. You know, over time, we can start to see what a card means for us because it will show up around a specific theme and it will take on its own meaning for us that isn't, you know, like straight from a guidebook. When that starts to happen with particular cards, you can find yourself getting jazzed because the card becomes like a sweet messenger bird from the universe letting you know, hey, yeah, this thing is happening. Like, for example, I love the Seven of Swords. It's one of my fave cards for healing trauma, letting go, way more for me personally than say the 10 of swords or the eight of cups or three of swords or something like that. These are all about that. All of those cards are about healing. Not saying they're not, but for me, the seven is really specific to a particular type of calling back my power. And in general, My personal interpretation of the seven has almost nothing to do with the typical interpretations of the card, except for that it does, very much so. So I put up a post about that card in my Patreon, which you can read there. It's very, very long. So I'm not going to read it here, but I asked folks what some of their hot take interpretations are. You know, the ones that are seemingly off the beaten traditional track, the ones that are not in the little white book or guidebooks, interpretations that have been born from their real life experiences, being with the cards and how the cards show up for them in their own life. Did you know? Did you know this podcast has a Patreon? It does. This is the way I'm able to make this podcast. There are tons of supporters on there. They're incredible. They make sure this podcast gets made. It pays for all the help we need for this podcast. Our editor, admin support, our wonderful production assistant, Hazel, all the apps and technologies we need to make this thing a real thing. In addition to the Moon Studio Patreon being a place where you get that one-of-a-kind heartwarming feeling of supporting an independent magical podcast. You also get tarot spreads, secret podcast episodes, community posts. And this episode, this very here preview episode stemmed from a post I made about that hot take interpretation of the seven of swords. And I asked folks to chime in There are so many people in the Patreon who are professional practitioners of magic, or they are 
tarot readers, professional tarot readers, or they are longtime tarot practitioners, and they had such great takes that I just really wanted to share them. And I asked them for their permission. Most of them responded and said, sure. I love the responses. They're so awesome. And I wanted to share them with you. So without further ado, I am sharing them with you. The first up is a message from Candice with a beautiful interpretation about the Ten of Swords. Hi there, my name is Candice and I'm at Crazy Cat Witchy on Instagram and I just wanted to send my tarot interpretation of the Ten of Swords. So I am a medicated manic depressive. I am also a full-time psychic medium witch and I find that often in the spiritual community being somebody with a diagnosed lifelong uh, mental illness can be, the spiritual community can be a breeding ground for ableism. And so what I've done is I've had to develop some self-care practices and tools so that I could feel grounded when I'm in one of my manic states. And one of the ways I've done that is with tarot. Whenever I pull the 10 of swords, I actually have a very positive reaction to seeing that card. One of the reasons is that my connection with the 10 of swords indicates to me that I'm at the end of my manic spell, meaning that the worst has passed and that although I'm exhausted from the manic spell, now all I have to do is pull the swords up and find the will to stand up again. And that's a lot that's like a lot more comforting to me than when I pull the nine of swords in a manic spell, because usually can indicate, you know, get in bed, rest up, take gentle care of yourself because you're at the beginning of one of your manic spells. So whenever I see the 10 of swords and I pull it in my personal practice, I actually have grown quite fond of it. When I pull it, I'm like, Oh, thank God the worst is behind me. And now I can just focus on repairing anything that I may have lost during that time. And although that interpretation can be carried into my readings, I find that it's usually pretty personal to me. I'm not saying I never use it for my clients, uh, but I'm more open to using that and the traditional interpretation of the 10 of swords with my clients. But with me, when I see that, I'm like, yay, things are going to get better. So I just wanted to send that on by in case it's helpful to anyone else who does full-time spiritual work in this community and who has a lifelong mental illness. I have a long history. When I say long, everyone on my maternal side with a life altering severe mental illness. So I feel really proud of myself that I'm one of the generations that is able to love myself with all of my parts and find these little self-care practices in this world of tarot and spirituality and everything that makes me feel whole. Anyway, I hope that's helpful. Thank you so much for all the work you do. I Simply love you so much. Thank you so much for your share, Candace. I agree. Mental health stuff is stigmatized in the witching, spiritual, and occult wellness worlds. And that sucks. It's BS. I am sure there are so many folks 
listening to this now who will be comforted by your share. If Candace's message resonates, give her a follow, say hello. Thank you for that. The rest of the interpretations were left in our Patreon as text, and I got permission to read them here. So I will read the following for you now. Hopefully, they will get you excited about thinking about the tarot cards with a different interpretation. Next up is Amy L. with an interpretation about the Five of Swords. She writes, So, I was pulling a card from my beloved spacious tarot deck before I went to bed last night to see what messages the ancestors have for me to muse on as I prepare for sleep. I got the Five of Swords, grumbled a bit. That card is a bit of a muddled mess for me and isn't the happiest of depictions, especially as I'm getting ready to leave for vacation. I put it back in the center of my deck, started shuffling around to see if there was maybe a different message from the ancestors. And a card flew off the top of the deck onto my altar. Lo and behold, it was the Five of Swords. Okay, 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 I'm listening. I got into bed and opened up my new book that just came out, Mirrors in the Earth, Reflections on Self-Healing from the Living World by Asia Suler. The introduction was on Micah and its message that the earth wants us to see our goodness because healing self-judgment is integral to the overall healing of the world and that it reminds us that no matter how hard the journey has been, we're never going to forget who we are, a divine being who is inherently good. I immediately started thinking about the Five of Swords imagery from the traditional Smith Rider Waite deck, as well as the number five and the suit of swords and the meaning of this card for me just fell into place. Thinking we're not good enough, undeserving, thinking that humanity is bad and separate from nature, creating conflict and dis-ease within ourselves by holding a belief that is untrue, the earth is asking us to look to the trees, the rivers, and the stones. Because when we see ourselves reflected there, we become a part of everything once more. The deepest healing comes from the relationships the earth is asking us to reforge. If I'm not being clear, what I just read is that little chunk is a quote from the book. The book goes on to say, Self-compassion is a force of ecological healing for the world and is the missing piece to self-healing. When we begin to live from our original beauty, instead of the wounds that mire us in self-doubt, we bring the undeniable power of our creativity back into alignment with the wider dream of the world. Amy goes on to say, this can tie into all the fives for me. They can be different facets or tools of the same healing journey. 
The five of wands often feels like it comes up in times of stagnation for me or when I am in an autoimmune flare, my body being at war with myself and bringing in this meaning of the five of swords to have compassion for myself and to turn to my relationships of the wider natural world to help me move through it. And the five of pentacles call to take refuge in the cathedral of nature, to lean into the plants, stones, and ancestors, helper spirits for assistance, and you know, human help as well, is a medicine that resonates deeply. Isn't that so beautiful? I wrote, Amy, I had never thought of the five of pentacles as this call to take refuge in the cathedral of nature. I love that poetic phrase, the cathedral of nature, because we all, if you're listening to this, we all know what she's referencing, right? Just so beautiful. So thank you so much for that, Amy. It's such a gorgeous share. Next up, we have Courtney R. with an awesome take on justice. Courtney writes, Hey, y'all. I guess I kind of have a hot take or not so hot take, perhaps. Mine is for the justice card. This card always yells grief and recalibration to me. I feel like when justice comes up in a reading, in one way or another, it points at things in a raw, honest way where you can't really deny the two sides or the situation. And as a result, you're left to kind of deal with it exactly as it is. And whatever arises from that sometimes brutal honesty, LOL, there is grief and an honest look at a situation, regardless of if it seems, in quotes, in your favor or not. I have experience working in death care And this card reminds me a lot of how a family will hit a point when they acknowledge the death and see all the things that it means and all the things that loss touches. You kind of look at how things were, how they are now, and what moving forward looks like. Again, there is grief in that. And it's hard, even if there is relief or other, in quote, positive feelings with loss and moving forward in a new way, I think we are called to recalibrate how we will proceed with a new view and as somewhat of a new person. Anyhow, this is my hot or not so hot, somewhat deathy take on this card. Thank you so much, Courtney, for this insight. Last, but certainly not least, we have a V cool take from Joe on the Ten of Pentacles. Joe shares, I've been experimenting with the Ten of Pentacles as the best card in the deck. The Pentacles story as a journey out from, then back to the ancestral homelands. Five is the furthest away from home. 10 is joining in the family line, continuing on, growing in wealth and wisdom. The ultimate grounding and embodiment on earth for real. 
being the best you can to be supportive and supported. When I've done work on connecting to ancestral folk practices, it feels so good and reminds me of this card. It's unapologetically leaning into what was authentically passed down. In quotes, we have this at home. And actually, it works better. And I think it's a quiet, slow, maybe disappointing feeling too. Like, just drink more water and try to get eight hours of sleep. It's so anticlimactic. But it's also the best. So I love this take. I love the Five of Pentacles resurfacing in a different way. Do you see? Do you remember that? Different than the Cathedral of Nature. This is like furthest away in Joe's interpretation. Many things can be true at the same time. I love the layers there of the Ten of Pentacles being brought to life as in, oh, this is so simple, but also so deep and so expansive. And it's always available to us. And that is a really beautiful way also to view ancestral connection and ancestral magic. I love this. It's such a great addition to the more traditional takes on the Ten of Pentacles as being about homecomings and return and compilation, completion. So thank you so much, Jill. Hopefully this was a little lovely and refreshing interlude for you to think about how folks are working with tarot in real time. I love how many examples of this literally was taken from folks' life, whether it was being a death worker or ancestor work before bed or uh, how one deals with mental health stuff, real life. It's called Real Life Baby, uh, Tarot in Real Life. Maybe that'll be the name of my next book. It's all through their own brilliant, brilliant lens. It's all through their own brilliant lens, and it all makes sense. Huge shout out and thanks to the lovely patrons who shared their takes. That weren't really so hot at all. They were pretty nourishing, let's be honest, like little above room temp, just like a nice melty bath to sink into, right? Uh, thank you so much for sharing with us and for supporting this podcast and my work. If you're ready to dive deeper, I invite you to join me in Elemental Intuition or to sign up for Yield Patreon, where there's a lot of content for you to enjoy. And my gentle encouragement to you is to practice how you are seeing what you are seeing this week and beyond. What is your interpretation consisting of? What is the baseline? Where is it coming from? What is the foundation? Is it the observer? Is it God? Is it nature? Is it your best self? What does it feel like to practice having authentic, heart-centered, presence centered perspectives and interpretations. I am sending you so much love until very, very, very VVV soon.